Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. I know you guys got a lot of choices out there. I truly do appreciate you making us part of your day. It is an honor to be part of the fabric of this community in the upstate. You can take part by giving us a call at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. And the carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN and away you go on the show. Uh, coming up momentarily, the most unlikable people in college football, who are they? Who are they? But let's get caught up on some of what you guys are saying on the carpro.com text line. Texter says, Mark Prime's name is mentioned for the Raiders. No chance of that. No chance of that. He said last week that he has no intention of going yeah. to the NFL. Granted, things change, but he said last week he has no intention. He says, I don't think I would work in in uh, NFL. Uh, yes. Texter says, uh, Mark, okay. For someone who doesn't care what people think of you, you dwell on Shane Beamer disagreeing with you on almost every show. Uh, fair critique of Beamer though. He definitely cares too much. No, no, no. Beamer didn't disagree with me. Beamer, you know, Beamer tried to bury us, tried unsuccessfully to bury us. Okay. Um, I took that as an assault at my job, okay? Why? Because I've worked in markets where if the coach did that, it would cost you your job. I had a friend um, that covered the Arkansas Razorbacks. She went to cover a Bobby Petrino press conference when Bobby Petrino was the coach of Arkansas. Florida and Arkansas aren't particularly rivals. They rarely play, right? And it was raining, and she grabbed a hat because it was raining, and she rolls into the press conference, and she's got, she doesn't even know what hat she's got on, but it's a Florida hat. And Bobby Petrino says to her, that is the last question I will answer with you wearing that hat. Guess what happened to her? She got fired. She got fired by her job in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Fired for that. Okay, so um, it's not Beamer disagreeing with me. It's Beamer coming after my job and throwing the whole station under the bus 
when no one else had anything to do with that but me. Okay? I mean, that's, that's what that was about. All right? But, yeah, he definitely cares too much about what other people think. Uh, Texter says, Mark, I admit when I was wrong, damn wrong on my pick of Kentucky over Alabama. What a whipping we got. So says Trey from Kentucky. That was brutal. I mean, that was brutal. And it's hard to say you feel comfortable about South Carolina this week, right? Uh, Texter says, people keep saying the Panthers should have taken Stroud. He wouldn't be much better than Young in Carolina just because of the same lack of talent. Um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what would be different, what would be better. You, you can't do that, right? Uh, let's see here. Texter says, why are you criticizing Shane's assistant hires? He told us all repeatedly that his phone was blowing up with SEC and NFL assistant coaches who wanted to coach under him. He must have made some awesome hires with all of that interest. Are you telling me Shane Beamer wasn't being 100% truthful with us now? This must be Dewey. I'm convinced this is Dewey. (laughs) Um, Schema. Let's see here. Texter says, uh, don't tell Cole Bryson when he joins the show today that he bowed mouth of the Cowboys today. Do you think Jimbo could share some of his $76.8 million? I have some ideas for that money. Uh, Mark, I uh, accidentally put my upset pick in a little late on Friday. Does it still count? So says he thought he. He thought he. It counts so long as it came in before 7 o'clock p.m. I do think there should be uh, a rule, an NCAA rule, that a coach is not allowed to be paid by two institutions at the same time. Sure. Uh, if you if Jimbo Fisher accepts another job, great. Go get paid by that new school. But any money that you're still owed by the other school, I don't know if they would say terminate it or donate it to charity. I don't know. But whatever. Uh, terminate the payment from the other school because it really, really hamstrings a school. Now, granted, again, Texas A&M's got it. It's not going to hurt them that badly. But you know, still. Frank Reich is also creating, uh, generating two salaries right now, too. So is uh, Matt, a hell of a racket. So is Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule is creating two salaries, generating two salaries right now. Texter wants to know, Mark, do you think Jimbo will break me off some coin? How much he would won't even li- break you off a piece of that Kit Kat bar? No, man, not at all. How much would your lives change if you got just one million of uh, of Jimbo's seventy six point eight? You know, Diesel- generally asking what amount of money to you. Yeah. And I ask that of anybody who's on the text line, anybody who's commenting on the YouTube channel. What is the minimum amount of money that you would consider to be life-changing? Minimum amount of money that you would consider to be life-changing money. 250. 250,000? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I mean to me life-changing is is uh, uh the the total sum of all my debts. Mortgage, car payment, credit cards, etc. Wipe all my debt out, that is life-changing money to me. Oh, yeah. Well, it is changing your life. But then above and beyond that, uh, it's changing your quality of life. Yeah. It's changing your caliber of life. Right. Um, you know, to, to certain now we've got we've got great gigs that we love coming to. But to other people in our audience, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. say let's let's them say to their bosses, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I'm doing something else. Oh, if I won right? the lottery, I'd keep my job. I'd still work here. W- would you? really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to do something. I, well, I, I'm that way as well. Like, I, to me, Diesel, the perfect amount of time to work in the week is 30 hours. You know, I think that's the – got 168 hours in the week. Let me work 30 hours a week, 
to keep my mind fresh and occupied, right? You don't, you, you don't use it, you lose it. That's what I would say. But I, I do think what's crazy about this Jimbo Fisher thing is, is that I don't believe the highest buyout in college football history has even been $20 million. Yeah. I don't believe it's even been $20 it's million. Ob- obliterates it. It just absolutely destroys it. It's and a- now you got the rich, the rich pockets at A&M footing the whole thing. It's a truly Just disgusting saying, amount of money. We have the money to be wrong. <laughs> we have the money to be wrong. It's it's absolutely insane. All right, guys. Who is who are the most unlikable people in in sports? Now, Diesel, before you post this, we got to talk about this, okay? We got to talk about the uh, the post of this because here's how I'm doing it. This is not my list, Mark Ryan's list of most unlikable sports personalities. I took a guess here, okay, in college football. If you did a national poll, what would people vote? Okay? Who's most unlikable, right, in college football? And I put together a list of names, and let me tell you a change that's happened generationally. I've only got one player on this list. Why? Well, I was a high school teacher. Kids don't say outlandish, outspoken, brash things anymore. They don't. Like, it's not cool to be loud in today's day and age. I learned that as a high school teacher. I had the hardest time getting kids to go on camera and to have energy and to perform. Like, they, they wanted to just be behind the scenes and run the camera, and no one wanted to be on camera, right? So you're seeing that in college football right now. Who are the really loathsome college football players? There's almost none of them, right? Like, quick. Give me the three. Um, give me the three most troublemaking college football players today. Can't do it, right? Like it didn't used to be that way. Because they all have like brand coordinators at their school telling them don't do anything this, don't do anything that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make positive uh, impressions on people. You yeah. gotta minimize the negative. Imp- Where are the Brian Bosworths? That's it. Where are the Bo Jacksons? Where are the in-your-face guys? Where are the primetime Deion Sanders strutting? So I've got a list of 17 names here, and 16 of them are coaches, okay? So I did this based on if you ran a national vote, here are the 17 people that I think would have the most votes. Currently, or is this all time? Currently, currently, okay? Most unlikable current personalities in college football. Here's who I think would be the top 17 vote-getters. Again, this is not me saying this guy is unlikable. Okay, this is what I think America would say. Okay, who would America say? Here, here's the tease, Diesel. Who would America say are the most unlikable personalities in college football? Here's our guess. Brian Kelly, Chip Kelly, Coach Prime, Dave Doran. Uh, what did he say about Steve Smith a couple of weeks ago? Uh He said, said, uh, Steve Smith said we're a basketball school. Well, he can kiss my ass or something like that. Yeah. Eli Drinkwitz. Did you hear Eli Drinkwitz bomb on uh, on Saturday? No. Uh, He was doing his post. He's on the field right after the game. And he goes, man, our defense just kicked their ass, didn't they? And it's just like, I don't don't really hear coaches talk like that. I love, we're hearing it more and more, though. Yeah. Coaches realize that that getting out there in in the public eye is good for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got Brian Kelly, Chip Kelly, Coach Prime, Dave Doran, Eli Drinkwitz. I've got James Franklin, 
Jim Harbaugh, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, Mark Stoops, Matt Rule, Mike Gundy, Nick Saban, Ryan Day, Shane Beamer, um, Dabo Sweeney, and the one player, Shadur Sanders. Why Shadur Sanders? He's had a lot of this bling talk. He was taunting the Arizona State fans. Arizona State stinks this year. He's taunting them after they won. That rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But Diesel, you know. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that that is sorry to take us off topic sure. here. That's the thing that really kind of the one thing that rubs me the wrong way about Dion is because Dion is all about respect. But then it's okay for his players, his son, to go disrespect another team. But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because because, you know, he's he's got to show off that bling. Like, come on, Dion, which is it? Are you about respect or are you not about, about not about respect? You're you're either about it all the time or you're about it none of the time. It's the famous line from John Wick 4. How you do anything is how you do everything. Well, that's right. And Dion, what we loved about Dion was not that he respected everybody, Diesel. What we loved about him is that he was brash and that he was showy and that we did things that we never saw before. And I personally think like, I get a lot of what Dabo Sweeney says. And to you and I, Dabo Sweeney was very likable when we had our account encounter with him. I, we interviewed uh, Dabo at the ACC kickoff this year. Very likable. But I, I'm, I'm telling you that my belief is America would vote him as one of the more unlikable uh, personalities in college football. But there's only one player on this list that I could think of, Shador Sanders. Like, am I missing somebody? Um Brian Kelly tried to make a joke about, um, you know, how do you feel about the execution of his offense? He's in favor of it. That was funny when Rich McKay did it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brian Kelly butchered the joke. He just seems like the last guy you'd want to hang out with these little bar. Brian Kelly, like just he just oh, he'd be miserable. He just seems like he's genuinely a jack wagon, you know, just genuinely like really it's it's it seems like it's really hard for him to be nice. Really hard. Uh, Chip Kelly, kind of one and the same. Coach Prime and his brashness and, like, not following any of the rules about how things are done. Um, Dabo Sweeney and the Pearl clutching a little bit about the days of yesterday in college football um, and, you know, coming at fans. Dave Doran, again, generally being a jack wagon. Eli Drinkwitz, why? For being in everybody's face all the time. James Franklin, he's unlikable diesel for sucking, for getting paid like he's a top coach and he's and he's nowhere close to that. Penn State now three and seventeen against top ten teams. Jim Harbaugh, um, for being a prickly son of a gun. Okay, he's quite prickly. We shared with you. Remember, we shared with you that bomb of an interview with uh, Colin Cowherd a while, a while back. Jim Jim Harbaugh with Colin Cowherd. Um, he's prickly. And he doesn't seem to follow the rules. Jimbo Fisher, um, for being arrogant and for leaving every place that he coaches at worse than when he got there. Lane Kiffin, right? Brash, funny, in your face. Lincoln Riley, I think the knock on Lincoln Riley is he's kind of been gift-wrapped in silver spoons and, um, you know, just kind of been ushered into the best jobs without really proving it. Uh, Mark Stoops. 
coaches, fellow coaches don't like Mark Stoops. He's got the stupid sunglasses comment about Shane Beamer. Mike Gundy is in everyone's face. I'm a man. I'm 40. Nick Saban, half the time Nick Saban is generally just uh, a grouch. Ryan Day uh, lately seems mad at the world. Shane Beamer, all reasons we've discussed on the show, and Shador Sanders we've already discussed. Am I missing anybody? Who would you say on this list is the most unlikable person, personality in college football? Okay, I did that list based on if you voted on it, if America voted on it, these are the top 17 vote-getters. Okay, but what say you? Who is most unlikable? 71307 on the carpro.com text line is where you can get to us and offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel will continue right after this. We are the fan upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on. Until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thrilled to have you with us. Ooh, Mongo has a problem with Danny Cannell. He says he is a, can we say this word, the D word? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, And he has, it's not the four-letter D word, it's the six-letter D word. Those Mm. of you who, who can figure that one out. He has the worst takes ever. Do you have a problem with the Mongo because of his take on the SEC and y'all's weird insular, you know, love fest with yourselves? Is that is that why you have a problem with the Mongo? It must be. It says you losers who cheer for your conference. <laughs> I love that clip. I love uh, that clip. Oh yeah, that's that's one of my that's one of the all time best clips from Danny Cannell. I'm gonna keep this guys to people currently in college football. Okay, so like Danny Cannell's a personality. Diesel and I are personalities. We're not eligible for this oh so honorable distinction, right? Most unlikable people in college football. If you put America up to a vote on this, okay, who would win, and who is your most unlikable person? In college football. Uh, based upon Mark's profile, it won't matter who the audience says is the most unlikable. It's unlikable. It's going to be Beamer. I wish there was something that could be done uh, to make your personal feelings take a 180. Unfortunately, there's nothing. You have become a fanboy of CU, Dabo, and Beamer. 
They are the same personality wise. You know, it's fascinating. I was just over the weekend, I was told I was a Gamecock homer. So uh, I always say that uh, we're doing something right when both sides think we're in bed with the other. Both sides think we're cheating. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Texter says South Carolina's whole old line is pretty, is pretty unlikable. Yeah, I'm down with that. When uh, is this nightmare going to end? Uh, Urban Meyer was mentioned. Yeah, again, guys, uh, currently working in college football. Who's number one? Who's number one on this list uh, of the most unlikable people in, uh, in college football? I'd love to know what you would say. Diesel, who would win America's vote? And who is your most unlikable person in, in college football? Well, I think very easily right now, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to win America's vote. There's only one fan base that likes Jim Harbaugh. You know what the irony of that is? Mm. He said today at his press conference that Michigan is now America's team. Okay? <laughs> because of what they've triumphed over and what they've overcome. And it's just like, doesn't that show you how uh, like how insular he is? Yeah. And how he just doesn't get what the national perception of him well, is. Well, you know, I we have this audio. We had two pieces of audio. One of them for some reason is corrupted and it won't play. Uh but we have his assistant coach. Uh his name is uh Sharon Moore. He was uh, the, he was coaching on the sideline this weekend, and he goes into this like blubbery, crying. I miss Coach Harbaugh so much. I did it for him. Uh, and then we had audio of JJ McCarthy, essentially saying something very similar. That's the one that is uh, corrupted and won't play. But it's like, what is this cult of Harbaugh that is growing at the University of Michigan? I don't understand it. Do we, can we play the one of that assistant coach crying? Yeah, we got it. Here we go. Listen to this after the game. To win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sharon, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Thank you, Coach. I, I, I get being emotional that you, as your first game as an acting head coach, you win the game, a big game. I, I get being emotional because you won the game. But can we cool it out a little bit with the, who did it for you, Jim? We love you, Jim. Like, he's Jim Harbaugh. He's not John he's, Lennon. And he's fine. And he's yeah. coaching the team during the week. What do you What do you mean? Like, he's some martyr or something. Mongo says he drops an F-bomb, and then Spur Daddy follows it up with, after thanking God. That's a – yeah, that's not a good combo of, no. of moments there. All right, so who do I think would win the fan vote? And I use the term win in parentheses loosely. Jim Harbaugh would win America's vote for the most unlikable personality in college football. That's my opinion. Who do I think is the most unlikable personality in college football? I think it's Brian Kelly, quite honestly. Um, I, like if, I can't think of a worse fate than having to report to Brian Kelly. You Brian mean family. Kelly. I can't think of a worse fate. He was a fraud when he said that. Right. He he has to really when people have to try not to be a jerk, we're all capable of being a jerk. Let's 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 get that out in the open. Right. You push our buttons. You cut us off in traffic. 
We're all capable. We all have it in us to be to, to have a high level of jerkitude, right? But when you have to try not to be a jerk, that's when I want nothing to do with you. So I think Jim Harbaugh wins the vote. I think Brian Kelly is my most unlikable person in all of college football, okay? And to those of you that are saying Dabo shouldn't be on this list, there's a lot of people that would vote Dabo unlikable. For those of you saying Shane Beamer shouldn't be on this list, there's a lot of people who would vote Shane Beamer unlikable. A lot of people that would vote him unlikable. So uh, that's all I can tell you. All right? Who is yours? Most unlikable personality in college football. I got a feeling Lane Kiffin would get some love on this list. Matt Rule would get some love on this list. In these parts, Dave Doran would get a lot of love on this list. But what say you? 71307 on the carpro.com text line. And my friends, we are going to be joined by Chris Phillips coming up next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate, joined right now by the host of the Daily Crow, the Spurs Up Show. It's Chris Phillips joining us here on Offsides, the fan upstate. I said, Chris, the first truly complete performance of the year for the Gamecocks, and yeah, it was against Vanderbilt. But realize it was only just a couple of weeks ago that folks were wondering if South Carolina could beat Vanderbilt. So do you think do you think the Gamecock Nation, in the midst of an otherwise disappointing season, is appreciating this win, Chris, or is the mindset, is the, is the mood tracker still down in the dumps? Well, Mark and Easel, first things first, I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I think there's a lot better feelings, obviously, here on this Monday, a victory Monday, if you will, because to your point, Mark, I do agree with you. That was the most complete performance we've seen from South Carolina this season, even going back to the Furman game, right? That one early on had some some really, really tense moments until you started to pull away from there, from the Paladins uh, near halftime. But, yeah, complete performance by South Carolina. It's crazy to look back, Mark, and realize that game was 13 to nothing at halftime against the Commodores, and Gamecocks really just ran away with it in that second half. I, I think there's – uh, I think many folks have found their joy in the victory, if you will. Uh, but let, let's be honest, Mark. This season was never about beating Vanderbilt. This season was never about beating Jacksonville State. And I think people have that perspective and they have that in their minds. The next two weeks will tell us what we need to know, right? So it's a good win. I think the best thing that comes from it, Mark, for South Carolina, is not so much that you know all of a sudden the Gamecocks are a completely different football team than they were say two or three weeks ago and we learned a bunch of new things about South Carolina on Saturday but it's the momentum's a fickle mistress and Mark I'm sure you know as well as anybody like when you get positive momentum when you get Uncle Mo on your side hold on for dear life and ride that wave right and I think uh, we'll, we'll see if they can do that in the next two weeks but that's the best thing coming out of that is that positive momentum your football team starts to feel good about themselves you have the back-to-back wins, and now you've got back-to-back night games against Kentucky and Clemson to try to capitalize on it. So I think all in all, Gamecock Nation is happy about what happened on Saturday, but obviously realizes the task that lies ahead as well. Chris, can you point to any seeming philosophy changes uh, from Shane Beamer over the last two weeks? Uh, Obviously, you watched the game much closer than I did. I'm here just looking at a stat sheet. 
uh, and I see Nick Harbour only had one reception for 16 yards, uh, you'd, you'd have to tell me how much he played, uh, how many snaps he might have played. But uh, are, are we seeing Beamer being, uh, you know, loosening up a little bit and playing some of these younger, more talented guys more often? Well, Diesel, I think they're having to do that, too, because of injuries, right? <laughs> they're so depleted at this point. You know, Juju McDowell goes down on Saturday with a season-ending collarbone injury. So you saw a lot more of the freshman Dontavious Braswell at the running back position. Nick Harbour's playing a lot, guys, and I, I don't think that's really from necessity. I think it's just he's becoming familiar with the scheme, the system. He's getting acclimated to the wide receiver position, and therefore he's earning more reps, and that's why you're seeing him get more opportunities. I know the catches and the yards and numbers have gone down over the last couple of weeks, but do not be surprised if over one of these next two games you see Nick Harbour kind of break out and have that big uh, breakout performance, if you will. But um, have philosophies changed, guys? I don't think so. I, I don't. Um, and if they have, I guess we'll find out more so against Kentucky, guys. You know, I look at this one, and I'm not ready to lock in any sort of score prediction or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I'm not one so quick to forget who this football team is. And, and, again, I think this team sort of is what it is what it is. The best news upcoming in the final two games and what we knew about this four-game stretch they're all at home, and South Carolina is able to build some positive momentum, as I mentioned. Like I said, in the game Saturday, it was the Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett, and Mario Anderson show. Just like it's been all year, the one thing that jumped off the page was the Gamecocks' defense and the performance they had. Is that who they really are, or was Vanderbilt just that incompetent? Only time will tell. But And then Beamer Ball showing itself and getting the big special teams play. I think that's big also. But I think a lot of different guys, Diesel, right now are contributing, and I think they're going to need those guys to continue to do that over the final two weeks. What's really going on, Chris, with Juice Wells? I mean, I've, I've heard Shane Beamer a couple times mention Juice Wells is not there mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this, you know, you know as well as I do all the different things that have been intimated here. He wants to go to the NFL doesn't see the risk and doesn't understand the doesn't want to take the risk in playing and re-aggravating it. Shane Beamer comes out and says he wants to play. This was not an injury that was supposed to be season ending. So like why why shuffle all this under the rug? You know, why not just be above board about it? You know, Lonzo Ball in the NBA has a knee issue, keeps re-aggravating the knee issue. It just feels like this has been mysterious and a bit hush-hush and honestly kind of weird. Yeah, Mark, it's one of the greatest mysteries of South Carolina's 2023 season, right? I mean, I take you all the way back to the summer and, and preseason camp when Shane Beamer assured us all that Juice Wells was, was good to go and he practiced and he's practicing and he's doing well. And, you know, on the flip side, we had heard rumors, I had heard rumors that Juice Wells was not practicing, was injured, was dealing with that foot injury. Um, and wouldn't you know it, you get to the first game. And, yeah, Juice Wells was on the field, but he wasn't himself, right? He was obviously hurt. He was obviously dealing with something. And I think that obviously affected that game for South Carolina. Certainly it affected his play. Um, gets re-injured in that Georgia game. And, you know, Mark, it's pure speculation from me. I haven't heard anything concrete. I will say that they've done a really good job this year of keeping things in-house. It's like Fort Knox over there. You can't get a straight answer from anybody about this. I will say to your point, though, Mark, when you're trying to read between the lines, hearing what Shane Beamer says, it definitely sounds like a guy that's getting ready for the NFL draft. And it sounds like a guy that probably is healthy enough to play, 
But is that the point of why would he risk it? Now, again, I could be totally off base. So I'm not telling you that's what happened, what's happening. Maybe he is close, but he's just not quite there. It's, but unfortunately, we're at the point where, like, you have to read in between the lines and you have to guess because, to your point, we simply cannot get a straight answer on it. So I don't know what's going on, but, guys, I don't expect to see Juice Wells on the field the next two weeks. And I said that weeks ago that I'd be surprised if South Carolina fans probably ever saw him in Garnet and Black again. Now, we'll see what happens with NIL and can they convince him to stay. But it would not shock me at all at this point if Juice Wells is not resting up, healing up, and getting ready for the combine and, you know, effectively the NFL draft. Chris, now we're obviously two weeks past Halloween at this point, but I want you to picture the Texas A&M roster as a big bowl of candy. And there's something that you could go in there and pluck off of that A&M roster because let's be real, it's going to be open season on that roster uh, over the next couple of weeks and months. Every coach is going to come circling, even though it's not allowed, even though you're not supposed to try to recruit guys off of other people's rosters. Uh, But is there a deficiency on South Carolina's team on the roster that you feel like a player off of that team might very easily be able to fill and improve? Yeah, Diesel, that's a really good point. You know, obviously what's going on in College Station, I mean, the transfer portal, it's going to be a wild portal cycle. I mean, my my mind immediately goes, Diesel, to defensive line. I mean, South Carolina right now, for whatever reason, I know I heard Mark's segment earlier and saw over the weekend the graphic about what Shane Beamer is doing well. And, you know, recruiting is something they're having success in. But you realize right now, guys, South Carolina's only got one defensive end or edge player, if you will, that is committed in, in this current recruiting class. The Gamecocks desperately need some big-time defensive linemen. They, they've lost some battles to Georgia and some other border rivals uh, during this cycle. And, and while I'm sure they've got their eyes set on a couple of guys to shore things up and complete the class, you know they're going to be active in the transfer portal, going out and trying to find guys that can boost that defensive front. And Texas A&M guys, for everything they weren't this season and they weren't under Jimbo Fisher – They've got elite defensive line talent all over the place. So if there's one spot I would say it would benefit South Carolina to, you know, at minimum make some efforts there in the portal, I would say the defensive line and those front seven guys that Texas A&M has because they've got a wealth of talent in regards to that position unit in College Station. Chris Phillips joining us. Chris, I think the wrong team is favored next Saturday. Uh, A month ago, I never would have said South Carolina could be on the field with Kentucky. The differences of the line play, but now South Carolina's running the football. For the first time all season, South Carolina stopped the run. Kentucky is demoralized. I'm not sure what Kentucky is playing for. South Carolina rallying at home, playing for bowl eligibility. Uh, the momentum behind this game, I think the Gamecocks should be favored over Kentucky. What say you? Yeah, Mark, it's interesting. Momentum is a real thing, right? And you mentioned Kentucky, a team that's lost four of its last five and a team that a lot of folks were high on, and they've been just really underwhelming this year, including that beatdown to Alabama and just the way it happened. You know, I I thought South Carolina would open as a slight favorite. I was somewhat surprised they didn't. But then again, I I feel like Pick'em, where it opened for our friends over at Circus Sports, was the right line. To see Kentucky favored, I think, is interesting. And what it tells you guys is that Vegas is just giving absolutely no credit to the wins over Jacksonville State and Bandy. I mean, I, I just that, – that's what it has to be telling me. They're giving absolutely no credit to those wins. South Carolina is what they are, and that, that'll show up on Saturday. Um, guys, admittedly – and again, I have not locked in a score prediction, but admittedly, I sit here – I still think Kentucky is a better football team top to bottom than South Carolina. But the game is at Williams-Brice Stadium at night – and it's late in the season when weird things happen for Shane Beamer coach teams. So 
All that being said, guys, I think a pick was fair where it opened. I would probably as well, Mark, make South Carolina a slight one- or two-point favorite. But, uh, you know, that's saying a lot more than I would have thought to your point, Mark, about a month ago where I probably would have said Kentucky should be at least a seven-point favorite in the game. So it's, it's, it's a matchup of, you know, it's going to be a fun game to watch the matchups, right? Like Ray Davis and the, the Kentucky rushing offense against that South Carolina rushing defense, how much have they really improved? Like how much has South Carolina actually improved as a football team over the last two weeks, and what answers do they have for Kentucky, who's got weapons on the offensive side and I think has the ability to make life really, really difficult on Clayton White and company. So uh, I would agree with you, Mark, to the standpoint of it's a home game at night. South Carolina has been so good there. They've been a completely different team under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium over the last couple of years. But I will say, guys, in the Shane Beamer era, South Carolina has lost one SEC game, that entire two-plus-year tenure, at home at night. That game was Kentucky back in 2021. So the Cats will not be phased by the environment, and uh, I think it's going to be a great game back and forth, down to the wire type of ball game. Chris, I, I want you to indulge me here in a, in a little thought experiment. Of, of all the SEC games that you've watched and all the time you've spent closely following this conference, is there another program, and you know, I'll even open it up to all of college football, mm. that you think South Carolina's program really mirrors like you've you've always felt like South Carolina and this program are are kind of kindred spirits well right now diesel I'd say South Carolina and Arkansas are wildly similar uh, when it comes to the football side of things you know I think both teams have really passionate fan bases both teams right now at least right now have head coaches that uh you know are kind of like their guys you know they're just great culture fits they embody everything about that school right you ask any Arkansas fan Sam Pittman is an Arkansas guy right he's got a he's got a hog statue in his yard what have you right if that really matters but still like he's their dude Shane Beamer the same way um and I think both two don't have great history or tradition I'm pretty sure Arkansas has got a little bit more than South Carolina but both are trying to break through in their respective conferences or break through the SEC and are kind of always the bridesmaid and never the bride if you will so uh, those two that's the immediate one guys it's a really easy comparison because I think of the Beamer Pittman comparison and what's so interesting about that is is Pittman's kind of had a similar path or Beamer's taking a similar path to what Pittman had a lot of early success right Pittman wins nine games in year two Beamer won eight in year two all of a sudden six and six for Pittman in year three now they're falling off a cliff this year Shane Beamer this year, four and six with two to play. What happens next year with a daunting schedule? We shall see. So those two really do feel similar, Diesel, in regards to comparing the uh, the football programs. I think there's a lot of interesting comparisons between the two. Chris, uh, you got to break the tie here on this night game stuff because mm-hmm. I was talking to uh, some people, some of the folks at our nationally syndicated um, betting service here at Odyssey, BetQL today, and they told me, Mark, Night has no bearing on the line. Night, day, middle of the day, etc. no bearing. Um, I'm thinking, Chris, I had this idea today that next year I might commission my own study just to study the frequency with which upsets, upsets happen, right? Do more, you know, percentage of the time upsets. I know in college football, uh, Chris, they happen 22% of the time, so... 22% of the time, an underdog wins over the favorite team, right? But are, are a greater number of those at night, at 3.30, at noon, when the home team might be sleepy and overlooking, 
What is it about night? Why does Las Vegas not respect this? But people like you and everybody else, oh, this is a huge deal. Williams Price at night. They, they say it means nothing. If that's the belief system, then I think it's a very flawed one, Mark Ryan. And I would suggest those people to go to williams Bryce Stadium at night. Heck, go to Clemson at night. Go to Georgia. Go wherever you want to go, right? Any of these big-time atmospheres, it, it makes a difference, man. It, it does. I don't know how anybody could say it doesn't. I, I've always heard that it was a three-point, right, three-point favor to the home team, if you will. That's how you always kind of calculate it. Okay, what would it be on a neutral field, right. this, that, whatever. Um I would say it's worth three points. It's worth something. Well, it's no, no, no. Home field is worth three points, but not night. Okay. Oh, night. but at night, okay. Yeah, see what so I'm saying? saying? What time it's played yeah. doesn't yeah, matter. Like, like, I see you guys making it. I see, I see you and some others making a big deal at night. I got BetQL folks telling me nighttime yeah. makes zero points on the betting line. And, like, so what is it? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Well, I, I think it does. I mean, I think, again, go to a game – uh, go to a noon game at williams Bryce Stadium, then go to a night game, and, and you're going to find that. I mean, Mark, listen, I, I, I'm not making excuses. I'm convinced, though. I'm just convinced in my brain that if South Carolina had Florida at 7 o'clock versus 3.30, they find a way to get a stop and win that game. Maybe they flicker more lights. Heck, I don't know. But either way, it, it's just a different beast, man. you got everybody's got all day long to tailgate, get liquored up, right, get boozed up, whatever they need to get ready to go. Um you know, I, I, I feel like for Columbia, for some reason, like if there's more time in the day, more people can get there, show up, although crowd attendance is never really a problem. It's just a different vibe, though, man. It's hard to explain, and if you don't understand it, you just have to go and experience it for yourself. But, I mean, again, look at LSU, right? I mean, they're the kings of this. It's, it's Death Valley at night or LSU's Death Valley. It just hits different than during the day or any other time. So, I don't know how many points it's worth, Mark Ryan, but I definitely think, like I know you're asking about the Clemson game, if that game was at noon versus it being a night game, I think there's a big difference. I really do. And, again, I think you look at the Shane Beamer era and how they've fared at night, it, you know, it, it's made a big difference. Again, though, what's interesting about that, Mark, South Carolina closing with back-to-back 730 kickoffs, they've lost two night home games in Shane Beamer's tenure. 2021, Kentucky and Clemson. Who were the final two opponents, Kentucky and Clemson? So how much does it matter in those games? I don't know because those two teams have battled the adversity at williams Bryce Stadium and found a way to win a ball game, but we'll see if it helps South Carolina in this case. Well, Chris, to the question that I asked you just a minute ago, this may not be a comparison that you want to hear, but a texter reaches out and says, South Carolina football is kindred spirits with Clemson men's basketball. So that's not, mm. that's, that's not a good one to have. I'm not taking that as a compliment, guys. <laughs> I'm not. Not at all. Chris Phillips, the Spurs Up show. Uh, check out the Daily Crow every single day of the week, 12P to 2P. And I'll be joining Chris uh, this Thursday at 12.05 p.m. Thanks as always, Chris. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Mark and Diesel, it's always a blast, guys. Y'all have a great week. All right, Chris Phillips. The top five at fives coming your way next right here. On Offsides, we are the Fan Up State. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.